sponsored by the Facial Paralysis and Bell's Palsy Foundation and by Rise Physical Therapy. This is Unique Smiles, the Facial Paralysis Podcast, and I'm your host, Brian April. Welcome to Unique Smiles, the Facial Paralysis Podcast, which are now available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Search Unique Smiles or Facial Paralysis Podcast. My guest today is Christina Robert. Uh, she has uh, facial paralysis from Ramsey Hunt Syndrome. And Christina, welcome. Thanks for taking some time today. Thank you. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your experience with getting Ramsey Hunt Syndrome? Well, I it was a year and a half ago in April. And I just turned 50, which I think is kind of significant because you're supposed to get the uh, shingles virus when you turn 50. And I had not gotten it yet. <clears throat> and I was um, I was sick. I thought I had the flu. Had been sick for over a week. Um, and, you know, I was pushing myself, pushing myself. And then I'm driving home and all of a sudden I'm like, wow, my lips don't work right. Ah, I can't blink. What's going on? And, um, you know, obviously the first thing you think is I'm having a stroke and someone was like, no, I don't think you're having a stroke. So I called a couple of friends and who are nurses and they said, yeah, it sounds like you've got some sort of palsy. And then by um, the next time I went to bed and then the next morning I woke up and the whole right side of my face was paralyzed. And I went to the doctor and they said, yeah, you have Bell's palsy. So, um, yeah, so they did what you, they normally do. They give you the steroids and give you the antivirals. I went home. I was still feeling very, very sick. I um, felt like I was actually getting worse in some ways. I started having a lot of really horrible facial pain. Um, I was very, very tired, um, and I just felt horrible for several weeks. I used a lot of ice packs on my face during a couple of days. There, I just had really bad facial pain for like two or three days. And then it went away. So I just put ice packs on me. Um, and, you know, after a week, nothing's getting better. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, aren't those medicines supposed to make this go bad, get better? You know, and they, I called the doctor and said, shouldn't I be getting more medication? I'm to finish my medication. They're like, no, no, that's all we can do. And then a couple of weeks later, I was still feeling horrible and went back to the doctor. And they said, yeah, this is kind of the way it goes. Was, and then I was actually referred to a local, um, well, she's a speech therapist, but she works with people with facial paralysis and does, um, gives people exercises for improving facial function. So I started seeing her and that was very, very helpful because it was someone who un actually understood facial paralysis. Whereas in my experience, the general practitioners, doctors don't really have a deep understanding of it. I also went to see a neurologist, and I didn't find the neurologist to be particularly helpful either. So they diagnosed you initially with Bell's palsy. Did you have any shingles in the ear or anything like that that you could see of that would uh, that's usually a marker of Ramsey Hunt? I had no visible lesions. I What I had was I had a sore throat, a very bad sore throat, only on one side of my throat, and it was the same side of my of my face that I had the paralysis on. I didn't have any sore throat on my left side. So I had a very bad sore throat for the week and a half preceding. 
But no, I didn't have any vis visible lesions. Did they have... didn't see any lesions. Were there any uh -huh. balance issues or anything like that, vestibular issues? Um, not at the time. Okay. No. Right at onset, no. Later, months later, I've like even just recently, I started developing some some balance issues, and I've um, gone to see a vestibular um, therapist for that, and mm -hmm. that was very very helpful. Um, but more in my later in my recovery, I, I mean, let me take that back. I was I was very dizzy, but not vertigo dizzy. Okay. I was just like, oh my god, I feel like I need to hold onto the wall dizzy. Gotcha. You know, but not like I'm going to fall down or not like I'm having any problems walking. I did not have vertigo. I w I even said to the doctor, I'm like, why do I feel like I just need to hold onto the wall all the time? And she was like, um, it's part of your Bell's palsy. <laughs> so, um, so in that sense, I felt woozy. I would, I mean, I've always described it more as woozy than dizzy. Mm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Did they give you yeah. a particular timeline for which you would be healed or feeling better sure i mean um especially this well i think that you know i think the first um and i think he was a licensed nurse practitioner he said oh you know you'll probably be fine within six weeks of course six weeks came and went and nothing you know very little improvement the speech therapist said that um, most people recover within six months completely if um, you have not fully recovered within six months, that you fall within that 5% of people who don't fully recover within six months. And then, you know, the recovery will be much slower, much longer, and you're probably never fully recovered. When I reached my, you know, well, it was like by three months, I realized I'm not, I, I kind of just saw the writing on the wall fairly early on because I was not recovering particularly quickly within the first three months. Gotcha. Did you, so, uh, how long did it take uh, before you, or have you seen uh, some recovery and improvement in the year and a half? I actually had some recovery in the first couple of weeks. So I had some, um, I had some movement in my mouth within the first two weeks and I was, and then, because um, I went back every couple of weeks to the speech therapist and she tracked my progress. And so I was, I was recovering every um, consistently starting from very early on, just, um, not, you know, to the point of being fully recovered. So I would say by like three months, I was at like 25% or something like so that. Six months, I'm like at 40, you know, 40 to 45%. Now, a year and a half later, I'm at it like 75%. I mean, there've been times where it's like, oh, I covered kind of a lot in one month and then the next month it was slower, but there's always been there's been a steady, slow improvement over the last year and a half, starting from the beginning. So what was your emotional state like during the initial part of recovery? Um, it was horrible. I felt awful. I was very, I mean, I wouldn't say I was very depressed. I, I, I forced myself to get out of bed every day. I'm a single mom. I have, she's 10 now. She was nine then. Um, I was like, I, I can't let this get me down, even though I really wanted to let it get me down. Um, and my mental health and emotional health is really important to me. So I, even though I felt horrible and all I wanted to do was do nothing, I was like, you know what? You're going to get out of bed. You're going to take a shower. You're going to make the rest of you look good because your face looks terrible. So I stopped wearing my typical take my daughter to school clothes, which was pajamas because I was self-employed. 
And I'm like, no more pajamas. <laughs> no more pajamas on the trip to school. Because otherwise people are going to be like, what mm. truck ran that lady over? You know? Right. So I made the rest of myself look decent, even though inside I felt horrible and my thought my face looked horrible. So, um, so that's what I did. So when I'm feeling good, I don't shower every day. <laughs> <laughs> when I had Bell's palsy, the sudden onset, I was like, I'm showering every day. <laughs> yeah. Because I got to look good. Absolutely. So, and I combed my hair. So, you know, and like now my hair is a mess, which shows me that I must be feeling better because I don't care anymore. It was tough. There were a lot of tears, especially towards three, four months where I was like, I am not going to ever recover from this. And that's really sad, you know, and I went through a grieving period where I was like, um, you know, my face isn't my face. It's these pictures. I had a hard time looking at pictures of myself. I'm sure that's very common. Um, I was like, oh my God, it was so pretty before. And now look at me. I look horrible. Um, so it was tough. It was really, really tough. What, but how did your daughter re uh, react to it? She was fine. She was fine. Um, she was, she just kind of took it all in stride. And, um, sometimes, you know, it was harder to deal with a lot of stress at the time. So if other things started to stress me out, I would have to remind people. I'd be like, look at my face look at what I'm dealing with and tell me, do I need to really be handling this as well? And they'd be like, mm, no, <laughs> you're right. So, because it's, it's, you know, it's like three full-time jobs, just dealing with the emotional and physical aspects of this Absolutely. thing. And people don't understand it, you know, and the energy, especially with Ramsey Hunt. And this is what the things they don't tell you is what's frustrating. Um, for instance, I went to the neurologist. I said, well, what about all this fatigue? Like, why am I so tired? And he's like, well, maybe you have chronic fatigue syndrome. Go talk to your doctor. And it's like, no, no, that was completely 100% related to my, to my Ramsey Hunt syndrome. And the fatigue, you know, even I would go on the Facebook pages, is anyone else still tired? Like a year later, you know, and someone, this really helped me. Someone said, I didn't fully feel myself until about two years later. And I am coming up on two years It'll be two years in April, and I'm I as well. I'm just starting to feel like back to my normal self. Oh, that's good. It's but like it, the get through every day yeah. fatigue. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my god. Yeah. It's, what in the heck? It's uh, it's pretty crazy, and thankfully, it's not it as frequent and and as uh, as hard as it was in the beginning. But it's definitely right. there was definitely your face days. gets tired. Yes. People don't understand. I'm like, it's six. I'm like, it's six o'clock at night. I'm sitting, you know, and talking to my therapist, and she's like. And she's like, well, what's the matter? And I'm like, I'm tired. My face is tired. This has to do with my face. And she's like, no, your face looks fine. I'm like, you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> like you just, I always say, I feel like my face is going to fall off. <laughs> yeah. What were the biggest challenges physically uh, early on with the facial paralysis? Um, well, the fatigue for me was number one. I mean, I, I, I was, I don't know how people work. I mean, well, obviously the first week or two where you just are like, you can't at least for me, I could right. not get up off the couch. I mean, I didn't want to get off the couch. I was like, this is what I need to be doing right now is I just need to be laying here. Um, and then the pain. So that was very, very cute, you know, and I think, um, but even after that, the first, you know, three to six months at least, just the incredible fatigue and not being able to do my daily, like work, the work that I was doing for myself, I just had to cut way, way, way back. So I would work like one or two hours a day because I worked with directly with people and being able to do things on my computer. I mean, I couldn't blink. Right. You know, for six months, I couldn't blink completely. So 
you know, using the computer, doing reading, you know, talking to people, meeting with people. Um, I put all of that on hold for like a month. And then after a month, I very, very slowly started building it back up again. And I actually just took a full-time job after being self-employed. I took a full-time job in May. And when I started working there, I mean, even between May and now, I can see improvement. Because when I first started there, I was like feeling like I had to tell people about my face and feeling like the fatigue is affecting my ability to be at work 100%. And now, six months later, like I feel a lot better than I did even six months ago. So I think it's been very slow and very gradual in terms of developing that stamina and the ability to, um, to be able to, to work hard, be able to work, you know, several hours a day. Absolutely. That's why I do. I try to do uh, 15 to 45 minutes a night. That's all. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> um, that's your, that's your, that's my gig. Your work grind. Yep. I guess that's one of the things I've always found really interesting is like you said, not a lot of people understand the things that there are these other aspects of it, like the constantly taking care of your eye when it won't blink and, you know, having mm -hmm. to make sure that you have uh, some sort of glasses or protection or goggles or when you go outside, mm -hmm. and just the mm -hmm. eye patches and the tape and drops and all of that stuff. So it, it, it's just a, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot for people. It is a lot. It is a lot. So, Mm -hmm. you, you sound like you're in a pretty good place with it uh, right now. What helped you get to that spot or, or accept it? Did you have any sort of uh, aha um, moments? Well, you know, to be honest, I started, I started going to physical therapist, a different physical therapist in Rockville, Maryland, the Center for Facial Recovery. When I started going there a year ago, and when I first started going there, I was having a lot of um, ear pressure. So my ear was constantly pressure, like, you know, when you feel like you have to, like, if you're on an airplane and your ear pressurizes and you have to, like, you know, release it, mm -hmm. I would have that all the time. It's like, I would release it, I would clear it, and then it would repressurize, clear it, repressurize it. Oh my God, it was driving me crazy. And I was pretty, I was pretty miserable. I was, and that was the big reason I was miserable was because of this ear pressure. And I started going to the physical therapists in Rockville. And they started working on my face manually. So they like doing a lot of, um, you know, the stretching and they use laser and they use ultrasound, la, la, la. They, they were instrumental. I think they were instrumental in me feeling better, feeling physically better. And as I felt physically better, I have the, my emotional betterness has kind of followed. Mm -hmm. um, because it's hard to feel emotionally good when you're physically miserable right um and it wasn't like it wasn't like pain like oh my god i'm in pain or this is so awful it's just like constant just annoying um and gosh getting rid of that has made my life so much better um and just continuing to see the slow improvement so yes i think i'm at a point now where it's like if i don't get any better i'll be okay you know i'm not uncomfortable i'm not miserable i'm not like spinning on people all the time <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm not drooling yep. when I talk, which for, you know, I still have a little bit of that. The corner of my mouth is not great, but I'm much more comfortable. And I, for that's, that's huge. Um, and beyond that, it's like, okay, you know, I don't look as horrible in pictures as I used to. I can blink, which is great. Um, and sometimes I just, 
you know, sometimes I read, you know, I go back on Facebook and look at things and it's like, I just, you know, I don't want to think about it all the time. I don't want to be reminded of it all the time. Right. And, you know, if I can go through the day and, you know, I don't, I don't have to explain myself anymore, which is kind of nice. I mean, it's there if um, I want to tell people about it, but it's not like I have to, because otherwise they're going to wonder like, why is she so tired in the middle of the day or whatever? Um, you know, so, um, and people don't notice it when I'm, when I right away meet people, if I say, oh yeah, I have facial paralysis and then I smile and then I can point it out to them for sure they can notice because there's lots of things. And even having the reduction in the synkinesis, um, through getting the physical therapy that I've gotten mm -hmm. has been, has really helped me feel better. You yep. know, and sometimes I read um, on the forums, you know, people are like, oh, my God, I have chronic headaches or my neck is always tight or, you know, how do I get rid of the synchinesis? And like my immediate reaction is like, go get some physical therapy because there are physical therapists out there who will work on your face. And that's one of the things I was like, when I started getting my face worked out, I'm like, oh, my God, this is what I've been needing for a year and a half. Like, I finally felt like, oh, there's someone who can actually work on my face that knows what they're doing. Right. That was big for me. That, well, that's great. I'm you glad know? that that worked for you. There, There's so many, there are other uh, options as well. Physical therapy is a, a wonderful one. Um, I know I went through that and it helped to a point and then uh, I had to start doing Botox for my synkinesis and even still that's mm -hmm. not enough. And so I'm actually looking at getting the selective neurolysis surgery. Uh, to, to help uh -huh. with that because mine is a, a pretty severe case, but th those are some, uh -huh. some other options out there as well. And, but definitely sure. get out and be your own advocate and try to find That's for what's sure. going to, yeah, that is for sure. Yeah. Find what's going to work. I for mean, you and I, yes, you, I mean, to me, it's like, I'll try, I'll try anything. If I, you know, if there's a possibility, it will help mm -hmm. try it and it doesn't work then you don't have to do it anymore, you know? But, um, yeah. Yeah. Some people. It's swear. not going to fix itself over time. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know. No, it won't. And some people will swear by one thing and not by the other, and it's everyone's different in how it it all responds. So just like like we were saying, just be your own advocate. Try whatever you can to to mm -hmm. make it work. But just make sure you're going through credible sources and people who know what they're talking about and what they're doing. And that's mm -hmm. that's also very yes. important as well. You kind of touched on it a little bit. What uh, are there any misconceptions people have of you because of your facial paralysis? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Mm -mm. Some people will say, "Oh, um, that they always look drunk, or you know, they look mean, or they look angry, oh. or that sort of thing." So you know, when or, people walk towards me and they give me a big smile, I I'm always kind of sad that I can't give them the same smile that I you know not I mean it doesn't get me down or anything but I'm like oh bummer I can't give them a big smile but you know what I do my best I give them the closed mouth smile and I you know and I make my face look happy and I'm like oh they know I'm smiling at them you know it might not be I had one person say this is and seriously and one person in like the last year and a half said um oh why aren't you smiling and this was like a year ago <laughs> and I was like if you only knew <laughs> <laughs> I would be happy to tell you about it, but I'm at the McDonald's drive-thru. Exactly. So, um, um, so no, I mean, and you know, this is one of the things that my the speech therapist lady said, and it's true. It's like we smile with our eyes, you know. Right. Um, and I don't. I mean, and if you look at me, my neutral face is very normal. Um, and I just go into a smile on my one side, <laughs> you know. I like, don't. It still shows that I'm happy. 
I so totally no, I don't think it. I have any negative perceptions of me. Mm-mm. Yeah, I know. Um, cause I've asked that question a lot. And one piece of advice that, um, someone had said is they will wave because they can't smile oh. back. So they wave to be, uh-huh. uh, and that's just another visual cue for the person receiving right. it, that they're being friendly in- instead of right. trying to smile and not. So that just put that out there. Right. For... Or you can give like in a little eye squint, you know, mm-hmm. a little half smile, eye squint and people know. Absolutely. Yeah. Waves are good too. How did facial paralysis affect your relationships? Whether it's, uh, friends, family, partners, that sort of thing, at least hmm. early on. You know, I don't, I don't know that it really did. Um, I didn't. W- one thing is, I didn't want people feeling sorry for me. Um, not that it didn't affect my relationships, but for instance, the director at our school. You know, I passed her every day, and she she's a very quiet, very nice person. And I'd look at her, and I'd be I'd be embarrassed. I'd be like, you know, I don't want her to be looking at me, studying my face, see if I can get any better, because I wasn't getting any better. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want people to feel sorry for me. Right. Um, but I don't think it affected it. It didn't affect my relationships or my friendships or my relationship to my child. I mean, I think in some ways, like like we mentioned earlier, it gave me a little leeway because um, my daughter's a talker. She's a huge talker. And then she'd ask me lots and lots and lots of questions and my face would get tired. My mouth would get tired and it would, you know, early on, it would get tired very quickly. And sometimes I still do it. So I would just close my mouth and I would circle my finger around my mouth and I'd be like, Mm-mm, can't talk, can't talk. so they got me out of talking they got me out of you know i was like you know and then i would say mommy you know mom has a facial remember i had those palsy or you know i would i I would use it every now and then i'd be like um well i have facial paralysis so (laughs) but you know i mean overall it didn't really affect my relationships okay i mean that's yeah that's great i know some people just turn into complete shut-ins and shut-ins yes they turn into shut-ins. They don't go out. They don't socialize anymore. There have been people who oh, uh, have split yeah. up and divorced I mean, and all that sort of thing. So oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh, geez, Louise. So that's, I mean, I wasn't in a romantic relationship, but I would hope that any partner that I would have would be able to tolerate it. Um, you would hope. It, <laughs> um, yeah. I. Um, it's sometimes it's, you know, it's hard to remember, but. I was very, very determined that I'm not going to let this stop me, you know, from living my life the way that I would normally live it. Um, so I just, you know, like I said, I really had to force myself because I had to walk my daughter into school because that's what we did. I mean, I, I guess I really didn't have a choice, you know, because we had to walk our child to school every day. So I had to pass lots of people every single day on the way in and on the way out. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stand tall and I'm just going to do what I need to do. And you know, let people think what they will. And I mean, not that people were thinking negatively things like more, like I said, it was more like feeling sorry for me, but I didn't, I didn't let it stop me from being social. If I want to go do something, I'm going to go do it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hide. That's great. That's, that's great to hear. So I guess my last question, what advice do you have for people who recently acquired facial paralysis? Find out what is really going on. I mean, if you need to go get a second opinion or a third opinion, if I had not gone back to the doctor the second time, I would not have gotten a referral to the speech therapist because we had a whole facial paralysis team in my city that the first doctor that I went to did not tell me about. So I would say keep going, keep talking to people, ask, are there any specialists? Is there anyone in the city that specializes in facial paralysis? I would say Google facial paralysis and your city 
because there might be resources out there that you're not aware of. And the more information you have, the better you're going to feel about your recovery, just because you're going to understand it better. Um, going home, getting sent home when you had have had no, you know, didn't even know this was a thing and sitting at home and wondering why am I in pain? Why am I so tired? When's this going to go away is really, really, really tough. So I would say, go back, you know, even if they say here, take the medicine, that's all we can do for you. Go back, go back to somebody else. Look for resources in your community. If you can't find them in your community, go on Facebook and say, does anybody know of any resources close to me? You know, I mean, I fly from Minneapolis to DC for my physical therapy because I don't like what they have to offer. Now, there's good things about it, but it wasn't enough for me. Right. You know, if you live in a rural area and you're close to Chicago or you're close to, you know, wherever, go to the big city and, and see what they've got going there because the resources are limited, but they're out there if you look for them. And they might not necessarily be able to make it better, but at least it's someone saying, hey, I've seen other people go through this and you're going to be okay. Because otherwise you're just, you're sitting there with that in your own head, in your own mind, and you're going to think the worst, you know, Absolutely. and there is hope. You're going to get, and most people get better, but you want to understand, especially if it's Ramsey Hunt versus Bell's palsy. Like I didn't, I didn't find out that it was Ramsey Hunt until, you know, I started going to Rockville a year ago. Like nobody else, nobody mentioned you know, Ramsey Hunt to me, not one person. That's insane. And knowing that has been very, very helpful. It's like, oh, that explains the fatigue. That explains these other symptoms. That explains this, that, and that, and the other, rather than just thinking, oh, I'm one of those people that didn't get better. So I think understanding the difference between those two, especially if you didn't have a leech, you know. But people kind of know that if you're one of those people that isn't better within six months and it isn't a brain tumor or some other, you know, medical condition then it probably is ramsey hunt and what does that mean and what does that mean in terms of recovery and having the more information you can get i think the better equipped you are to at least understand it if if not treat it well that's awesome that's great advice so that would be my advice yeah that's mm -hmm. great advice so i just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to us today christina and um, really appreciate it 